listening to Dice and Slice, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to Dice and Slice, our discussion series. I'm Brandon, and I have Chad and Peter with me. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Unfortunately, Ian is not here this week. We wish him and his wife uh, a great vacation, but he'll be back in uh, about a week. So he should be here for our next episode. This, as I said, this is our third episode in our discussion series, and I just want to quickly get a, give an overview of the type of content streams that we're going to provide here. We are going to do currently three. The first one is what you're listening to here right now. It's our discussion series where we talk about rules, uh, piezo information and products, uh, any type of uh, release schedule information for Pathfinder 2nd Edition and so forth. The second is a new live play series called our Conversion Series Stream, where we just released the first episode. You guys should go check it out. In this stream, we actually take D&D 5e content and we convert that over to uh, the Pathfinder 2nd Edition rule set. And when you guys meet the players, you'll be dropped right into the middle of a the Death House. So spoiler alert on that. Also, there is uh, the main mission they are doing is the Lost Minds of Fandelver. And all that will be converted into 2nd edition Pathfinder. The third stream we have is one that, Chad, you're going to lead. It is the Witch Hunter campaign, which I believe is going to be set in Galarian. Yes, it is. Is there anything else, uh, sneak peek, you want to tell us about that? Uh, Well, it's going to be more of a a homebrew campaign that we've talked about. Uh, There's going to be a few changes to the magic system. Um... Beyond that, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else I can really say at this time. Uh, we'll hopefully see how it is in a little while. Okay, well, that sounds exciting. Peter and I are both going to be players in that. We're still kind of debating with everybody what exactly we're going to be, but I think we're finalizing it a little bit. Um I'm going to speak for Brandon here a little bit. He might be trying out the new Alchemist class. I'm excited. <laughs> which I'm really excited <laughs> I'm to excited. see because it's... It's a different style of combat than any other of the classes we've seen so far in D&D or Pathfinder. And he's either going to be really awesome or just waste space on <laughs> or our Or just even better than <laughs> ever. Right? Better than awesome, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm worried that I, I, need, I want to live up to the hype, so... We will, Just uh, in case he doesn't, I'm playing a healing-focused cleric. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you can keep bringing me back in case I suck. Word. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I think we are going to do kind of a session zero on that before we get started, and I think um, we're going to probably start that um, probably early J- January, maybe? It's not to rush you or anything, I'm, but... I'm still getting all the pieces together here, and I have to learn how to actually be a GM. So, oh, just wing it. I'll just bumble fine. my way through it like most of my things. That's what I do too. It works. Okay. Well, I do have some exciting news. We are a rather young podcast. What? I know. I know. It's hard that to is imagine. news to me. Felt like we've been doing this for oh. 50 years already. But the exciting news is we have our first sponsor. 
Whoa. So I want to give a shout out to our new sponsor, which is Forged Dice. And they were extremely kind to provide some products for us. They have, uh, people at home, I'll be providing pictures. They have two nice dice trays that they have given us to go with five sets of really heavy-duty metal dice. Wait, what? I know. And I'm going to hand these out. And you guys are going to open this live. I was going to say on camera, but there's no camera here, so... So we'll take lots of pictures. Yeah, we'll we'll send some pictures of... First oh, of all, man. I want to note that this box is actually really nice. It is really I cool. like the art on it. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, Wheels so your dice, rule the game. I like that. This oh, is yeah, a great this is presentation, cool. guys. Forge dice, you're, you're doing it. Yeah, I'm... Really okay, excited. we're getting stickers now, and I'm loving this. This is going <laughs> all over my laptop. <laughs> nice case. You can actually roll the dice in the case. I haven't well. even gotten the case yet. I'm Whoa. Nice stickers. <laughs> you know what? I think I gave you mine. Are those the silver blue? Yeah. You know what? You, silver. No, you yeah. just play with it. You just play. That's fine. <laughs> Unless these were yours. Did you get the... Yep, yep, we're yep. switching. Okay, we'll switch them. All uh, right, so I have a silver and blue. Man, this is nice and sturdy. I had the gunmetal orchid, which the the metal is almost like a mirror chrome, like a dark chrome. It looks it looks really really I slick. Really I like have yours. just gotten to the case. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I've barely been looking at the stickers. Drooling over those stickers, which <laughs> is oh understandable. God, I love how heavy this feels. I'm gonna roll. Here we go. That's a nice sound. What I roll. get? Fourteen. Okay. You know, Let's try mine out. Six. Six. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. And on Brandon's oh, four. Okay, it's me, not the dice. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Holy cow. So that is the black, and uh, is that the turquoise blue? Yeah. Man. Yeah, these are really. These are. Oh yeah, these feel nice. These are nice. Tight. And you even get like, oh, you get four d6s in these. Yeah, comes with four d6s. Holy cow! A twelve. It has a percentile dice. Okay, guys. This sounds so good. Yeah. How does it affect your (laughs) dice rolling? Uh, well, let's see. I've rolled. Is that a nat twenty? Nat twenty, guys. Oh man. I'm going to be dice. killing you guys in this campaign. <laughs> oh, great. Finally, oh, you shit, can yeah, roll and you're the GM yeah, now. That's, yeah. that's unfortunate. All right, give me the oh. dice back. You're not allowed to <laughs> Well, luckily, no. these are not my dice. These are, <laughs> these are extremely, extremely slick. Yeah, so once again, thank you to... Forged uh, Dice. Forged Dice. Oh. Thank you so much. That's F-O-R-G-E-D-D-I-C-E.com. Thank you very much. We will be these are beautiful. Yeah, we'll be pulling these out during our uh, live game sessions. I haven't been playing for long, but I've been buying a lot of dice, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, these are beautiful. Holy cow! Thank you guys. Really pumped. Really pumped. They uh, they have faith in us, and so I. uh, I appreciate that. So they also gave us a few more things that we'll get into even later. So, uh, so today we are going to talk about. It's going to be a, a quicker core subject because we've been going through a lot of high level uh, what's happening with the system and, and so forth, and we're going to just focus on one, and it's what you need to start with. And I had a really good joke last week about getting the. <laughs> You guys look at me like I didn't have a good job. (laughs) About getting the jump. 
yeah, into the initial I system. I remember that. Yeah. That was... Having seen it twice doesn't make it any better. It, no, no, I no. give it a 4 out of 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> well... It's okay. You're still loved on the podcast. Yeah, okay. but no. Don't, yeah. don't become a comedian. <laughs> so, the initiative system. Uh, it is a simple system that's been around for ever yeah. in tabletop games. Yeah. Um, but they are doing something a little bit different in this one, which I think is neat. Uh, the initiative system is actually based off of it, the default skill you use is not your dex modifier. It is your perception skill. That's right. Uh, and the neat thing about that is your initiative for the encounters that you have, you actually use the initiative depending on what you are doing. So if you are a little rogue hiding in the corner, you will use stealth as your initiative. If you're doing some type of like a social encounter and you go into initiative, you'll use diplomacy. A a ranger that's tracking somebody may use survival. And I don't know, maybe if you're tracking a ghost, you might use arcana or occultism or something too. That could be really neat. Personally, what I think is neat is that in... Back in D&D, they're using dexterity-based initiative. Right, which I think is always... I mean, Peter, you've played sense. a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. You've always Absolutely. used that, right? right. Yeah, Star that. Wars. My paladin D&D. has no dexterity, so it was always a bonus of zero. And with how I roll, I'm always at the bottom of the initiative <laughs> well, order. Right. <laughs> now, with the perception bonus, I get like a plus six to my initiative roll. Wow. That and, helps a good bit. <laughs> And depending on, like, maybe you don't have good perception, though, but mm-hmm. then it's, like, you can set up ambush. You can actually use a little bit more tactics before the fight, which is really nice, where you can actually have the rogues set up an ambush by hiding first. Or you could have a charming a charming character be speaking to to, to an enemy and are about to jump out and stab him, so maybe you roll deception first. Yeah, and so or you, you can, can do, like, if you're doing, like, a performance or something maybe to distract them, you could even probably get away with doing your performance as an uh, initiative. Yeah, so characters can now customize their uh, their attack or, you know, their their initiative how role, combat, yeah. how they get into combat, right. And characters that have low dexterities, like, you know, wizards usually can kind of use dexterity as a dumping zone mm-hmm. uh, now that all ranged attacks aren't dex-based. Like and they're they not were, super penalized now. Right. And, and, now, and yeah, now wizards aren't always going last or, or whomever. And, <laughs> and uh it's it's actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. You know, and the thought is, but still, how fast you can act should be dex, and but you mm-hmm. still kind of get that because even if you're a slow person, but you have perceived this and you go first, you still might not be able to get there. Mm-hmm. Like in our conversion oh. stream, Ian he plays the uh, the cleric, yeah. the little dwarf cleric, and I think he used in one of our encounters three move actions. To even get close to the fight <laughs> right. well, before it even I, started. I think in our last session, he actually got to the enemy faster than I did. Really? Well, I'm not sure why, but yeah, he did. And I was trying so hard, just booking it in my new super heavy armor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get there soon, guys. <laughs> it's really cool armor, but it does make you a little slow. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, as a DM, usually, I really like it when things kind of play out cinematically, if that makes sense to where... I use the mind's eye a lot for mm-hmm. for how I like to structure interactions, combat, whatever. And you don't have to, you know, break what's happening to say, all right, now everyone roll initiative. If, if someone was talking to somebody before the fight, then you just kind of continue that. It just ends up being very naturally, uh, going very natural. And then you're also able to, uh, the players can 
have some more freedom to describe how they get, how do they start the fight? And it isn't always just, yeah, who can move the fastest and the most nimbly. Yeah. And I, I liked how you said that, uh, you can use it narratively because they are almost wanting you to get into encounter mode quicker. So like they have a lot of the, are you sensed? Are you seen? Are you unseen type of thing? So a lot of the times when enemies start getting placed on the board, you may not actually be in combat yet, but you could still get into initiative based off what you're doing. So the rogue can get initiative hiding or so forth, kind of like we did in upcoming encounter. Um, and you, so you can actually be an initiative and move around on the board and it kind of makes it a little bit more cinematic and a little bit gamey too, uh, to get into the combat into the first place, which I like. And we, nothing we've gotten into yet, but a lot of the traps now, there's things called complex traps and those actually trigger initiative. So a lot of the traps will actually make you go into initiative and then, Everybody gets put on the board, and you actually have to figure out how to get away from whatever effect is happening to you. And you may break out initiative immediately when the trap's over, but um, they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of neat uh, features with those complex traps. Any that you can think of off the top of your head, the traps and how they might work in the game that you remember reading. Uh, man, there's a lot of the basic ones like uh, like rock trap. There's one in that would be a slight Doomsday Dawn spoiler. Uh, when the second edition came out, they released a adventure path called Doomsday Dawn, mm-hmm. and it basically is kind of like a whole bunch of these mini adventures that introduce the concepts of the game to you. Hmm. And I know there's one there's one room that has a trap. It has spores, and when anybody enters that room, it actually I believe if I believe this. I remember this right. It actually triggers um, you to go into initiative, and it will send out spores throughout the whole room, and you have to make a like a fortitude save, otherwise you get affected by it. And the spores will last, I think, like one round or something. So you actually will play out initiative of that one round. Um, so could a character potentially be fast enough that they beat the spores in the initiative that they can get out before the spores affect them? Yeah, and even oh, there's cool. even like a like a thievery disable check that you can do, so you could actually disable it before it actually could even go off. To and that means that every trap isn't countered by a reflex save, which is kind of yeah, no, interesting. There's, yeah, there's lots of difference. reflex save obviously still comes into play on a lot of traps. I mean, that's an RPG stamp uh, right. staple, but, dodging things, right? But things, right. all of them aren't that, which is. Which is nice now. Yeah, I think I think this poison one was actually a, a fortitude save. Like you could get hit, but does it affect you? Type of thing. So very cool. So I did like that. The only thing with the new initiative system that you got to watch out for are, are players trying to abuse it. Um, so <laughs> you, you know, if you're getting into combat, you can't. I, I could see somebody being like, oh. Well, I was totally looking at my uh, Arcana spell book, so I should roll Arcana, which is like my plus 15. All these wizards have plus 15 initiative. This is so weird. Wait a second. You can't always be looking at your spell book. So as long as you put a little bit of caution on that. And that's something that I feel like as long as there are rules, there are players that are going to try to uh, exploit those rules. And that's, I mean, some people enjoy that and some DMs even enjoy that challenge. Um, Can you, can you outmaster the game or right. game mastery type of thing. Right? And actually that's something we're going to talk about later uh, about, you know, etiquette and whatnot. But, um, and that's just up to the DM to, on how, how much they want to control that or how much freedom he wants to give, he or right. she wants to give the players to run the table and make sure it's 
running properly. I'd like to use my plus 10 charisma to talk this warband into fighting with me right now. <laughs> like, touche. Okay, they agree, and they're with you now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, you know, unless anybody has anything more about initiative, we'll just go ahead and jump into kind of what you're saying. Uh, so the tangent of the week... <laughs> tangent of the week. ...is uh, party etiquette. And so that kind of gets into... Uh, getting along with people, making sure everybody gets the time to shine in the spotlight, and establishing those ground rules, kind of like how you were mentioning, Peter, of you know what what type of game are you wanting to play, and is that the same type of game that everybody else wants to play? Basically, don't be a jerk. <laughs> that's the number. I have one a hard rule. time with doing that, but you know, and that's something that like if you have a session zero before you start playing. Because every group is different, and we'll probably talk about some of our preferences, but it's like, that's that's Peter's preference. That's what, that's what I like, you know? Mm-hmm. And it might be different for your group, but it's just, as long as everyone's having fun, that's you just need to know what's fun, when to stop, and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, if everybody likes to be murder hobos and, <laughs> and, and cheat, and so, go for it. you know what? Do it! If you all love to cheat, you know what? Cheat <laughs> your heart out. to you. But just make sure everybody's on board before yeah. you do that type of thing. So there might be some players who like more of the narrative story drama thing. Right. And then there's guys who just, no, I want to kill everybody. And then there's guys who, no, I just want to loot everything. Exactly. I want treasure. I've played with people that are very, if I'm not in combat, I'm not having fun. And then there's yeah. other ones where I'm so tired of combat, let me go role play for mm-hmm. a while. So, you know, striking that mix, figuring out what type of game you want to play is important to do before you get started. So, like, the player etiquette actually kind of apply, or the party etiquette also applies to the DM, too, where the DM might, you know, you're there to help everyone have fun, and you're telling the story, so talk to your players, find out what they want to do. Right. And, you know, if you might be, even if you're running a pre-made module or something, you've got the power to customize it to fit mm-hmm. your group better. Yep. Know your players. Yeah, know your players. Know your party. You know, and you mentioned, I think both of you mentioned the session zero, um, before we started our uh, conversion campaign, and this was pre-you, Chad, uh, but we did a quick uh, session zero, and we talked about um, just little things like attendance policy. Like, would you guys rather we all play together all the time? Um, what's a certain day that works out well? Are you guys okay if we play without each other? Or would you rather skip weeks? Just things like that. Um, you know, we talked about uh, bringing food, snacks, table behavior, um I talked a little bit how I would try to describe combat uh, as we played. Um, we talked sharing spotlight, so not one person kind of hogs it, or it's the mm-hmm. Chad show, or you know, we tried to spread it's that always around. The Chad it's show. always the Chad show, it, Chad but show. Uh, sometimes it needs to be an Ian show. No, you know, and it's no. <laughs> Ian isn't here to defend himself. Yeah, it's Chad show, <laughs> you know. So things like that, and then I use that session zero to also a little, give a little bit of a world tour. Um, this one was, I mean, the conversion stream that we do is set in the Forgotten Realms, so uh, a lot of the people were familiar with that already. But I talked a little bit about significant history and major NPCs and powers and laws and, and taboos, and that just helps kind of everybody establish where your character fits in in the world. And so that can be kind of important, especially if you're playing in a homebrew setting. It's kind of almost impossible to make a character in somebody else's vision of the world if they don't share, share that with you. And then the, the gamey part of it is also like character creation. 
what rules do you allow for character creation? So in Pathfinder, are you going to use ability boost system for your creating a character, or are you going to use dice rolling? Um, any special starting gear you need to know about? Any outlawed classes or races or ancestries, sorry, you know, or something like that. And then I like to use that time also for a quick party creation. And I'm not saying you have to establish some type of connection between all the players, but a lot of people like to say, oh, I'll play as your brother or I'll play as your long lost friend that we always do adventures together. Give some type of connection to establish maybe a reason why you're working together or meeting someone Mm -hmm. and so forth. I think that, uh, as far as that goes, it's really helpful for the DM to communicate very openly with the players on the kind of the nature of the of the story that they're going to be telling, whether it's a module or a homebrew. Like I know this upcoming Witch Hunters one has a few different twists to it. And right. I feel like if you had a... I don't know if I can get into what those twists are, if you want to get into them or whatnot. At another time. At another time, okay. But uh, but that would affect maybe what classes, if you have an idea of what this class might look like. Oh, hey, actually the... This world's twisted a little bit to where it's like this now. Okay, well, I might not want to play that class anymore. So open discussion. Um, I know that that can really help players on what kind of adventure is this going to be. Right. What kind of adventure is this going to be? And, and that might have changed what sort of character that they, they want to play. Yep, I totally agree. And so speaking about the type of character you want to play, I know you also want to talk a little about about alignment because a lot of people are very much no evil, no Lawful evil, no chaotic evil, no neutral even sometimes. So what's your yeah? And you you believe you can get around that, right? Actually, a lot of, like I've I know people that they don't even do alignments because they say I don't want to restrict any characters. Okay. I think alignments work the best when they're not restrictive, when they're actually a, a flavor more than mm-hmm. anything like that. Where right. can a lawful good character, you know? outright murder somebody kind of thing. I mean, yes, they can't. They're going against their their alignment, you know, and and it could maybe even shift their alignment if they start acting Mm -hmm. consistently in a particular manner. But Uh uh, alignment isn't like this box that you have to fit in. A chaotic character doesn't always have to act chaotically. An evil character is not incapable of doing good. It just sort of shows the background that character is coming from in their, their worldview, I guess. Right. Um, as far as what you said, yeah, evil characters. I know that just, I've never really had a problem with it, but I know that it is kind of a instant way to make your DM roll his eyes when you come to them <laughs> and say, I want to play a chaotic evil, you know, whatever. Rogue, who's going to steal everybody's yeah, gold as and, they sleep. Oh. And, and, and no one wants to, to deal with that if you're, you know, I feel like most people think, oh, my character's chaotic evil. I'm now Heath Ledger's Joker, or I'm just an agent of chaos, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just kill things for fun and I cackle maniacally at any given opportunity and uh that doesn't have to be the case you know you can play a functioning chaotic evil character that works in a party alongside a lawful good paladin you can do that it uh-huh. it might require some dialogue during session zero between the players hey how are we going to work around this how are we going to do right this? and in the same hand you can play a lawful good character that isn't constantly slapping everyone's hands every time the kleptomaniac party wants to take something because you it takes some skill on the player's part, but you can play up those alignments without being disruptive. Chaotic evil may you know, I played a when I when I first played with your group, Brandon, I played a chaotic evil uh, shadow sorcerer. That's right. And she wasn't um murderous, she wasn't crazy. Uh, maybe a little bit crazy, but a not bit crazy. a little bit crazy. But not not murderous, but, at least to us. Right. I mean, she even bought drinks for the uh 
uh, what was it? A Goliath. It was Barracuda the Goliath. She even yeah. bought drinks for him to avoid him going nuts at a bar. And, uh, um, because she wasn't interested in making a big mess. And ultimately she's self-serving. Ultimately she might be a little unpredictable. Ultimately she doesn't have problems with doing evil if she needs to, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like she was just out to be terrible. Right. And on the same hand, lawful good characters, they're not necessarily everyone's chaperone. They might hold themselves to a, a, a rigid set of morals, but you need to work into your character why they're allowing the rogue to steal something because that's what the rogues players will think is fun. You still got to let everyone else have fun. Mm-hmm. And that was the key word right there for the lawful good is it's their moral laws that they set themselves. They may not be exactly how you would normally see a lawful good person, but they have those internal morals that they follow. And those can kind of differ. And I, I think it's important to say, well, my alignment says I would do this. I think you need to think my character would do this. Because characters change and grow. They, they yeah. don't just stick with one thing. That's true. Your alignment can definitely change. And something kind of related to that is, if you're, especially if you're playing with like a big group or, or even any size group, actually, you've got to keep in mind that you are contributing to everyone's fun. And that you, it is your responsibility to make a player or make a character, excuse me, that isn't going to inhibit that. Uh, I was reading a review for one of the uh, Dungeons and Dragons modules, and there was someone complaining about uh, at the beginning you have no reason to leave the main city. There's nothing written in the module unless your character is just interesting and ex- interested in exploring for exploring's sake. And so we just sat in the city until we decided to play a new adventure. And it's like, well, why did you make a character that wasn't into exploring for exploring's sake? This is Dungeons and Dragons. That's what you do. You play, yeah, you play an adventure. Obviously, you know, Pathfinder, the same scenario is make players or make characters that the DM can work with, make characters that you that work with the other players, you know, and, and keep that in mind when you're making them. And you can make that lawful evil, you know, Asmodeus follower, if you want to, cultist, that doesn't try to murder his friends at first opportunity. Yep. And I think that's why it's good to do the, the session zero to give that background of the world too. Cause you can say, you know, overall plot is you're going to make characters that are going to do this. Mm-hmm. So make characters that want to go do that. Don't make characters that want to do the opposite of that. Otherwise you probably won't end up being in the party very long. Right. And, and you want to maximize fun. Um, I was just going to say that I, I like to think of it like, hey, these guys are actually people. Like, in real life, there are laws. We have a set rule of laws. So for a lawful good character, you can see this. But when you're on the road sometimes, hey, there's a speed limit law. Well, guess what? I kind of need to get somewhere fast. I'm going to break that speed limit a little bit. Did you just admit to speeding? Uh, Uh, Who's not going to? Cut it. Um, Break the law. Oh, uh, there's this sign over here about, hey, don't let your dog poop on the lawn. Well, guess what? I'm going to let him poop on the lawn. lawn. But I'm going to pick it up afterwards. Uh Uh Now, there are rules, sure. But you can break them. And you can do it in a way that fits your person. It is a person, not a character necessarily. Yeah, if you play it right, it's it's a person. Uh, In evolution of a character makes them interesting especially as a dm's perspective that's one of the things i find most interesting is watching how the characters respond to situations um and how they grow and how a character at the beginning of the adventure is very different than a character five levels in character 10 levels in exactly and so on. yeah seeing the begin, the start and the end 
is is fascinating. If you put them side by side, you say, did you grow? Did you change? If not, maybe I didn't run a very interesting campaign. Yeah, <laughs> it, like, like in a, like the module I read, ran most recently, Curse of Strahd, the characters that entered Barovia are not the same as the characters that are hopefully about to leave Barovia. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody leaves Barovia. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to. Um, but uh, Maybe. So we'll find out in the conversion stream next week. <laughs> right. Stay tuned. Nobody left. Nobody left. Okay. Well, anything else we want to talk about uh, party etiquette or, or session zero before we get on to a surprise? Yeah. Ooh. Don't be a jerk. I actually really want to get to the surprise, <laughs> okay. but Brandon, you had something about party roles. Oh, yeah. So party roles. You know, we, we kind of talked about this last week. We mentioned it. And that's another part of the party etiquette is... It almost falls into the time to shine thing. Like some people play a rogue because they want to be the cool, stealthy one, or they want to play a ranger because they want to be that one that leads people in the wilderness and spots stuff. So let let them shine. You know, you don't always need to jump in and do something. If you're a sorcerer and your ranger is out there tracking, let them go do it. You don't need to run up and be like, hold on, you rolled a two, let me try to roll Let me use detect magic to to do this, what you're trying to do, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're trying to do something together, I'll go for it. But, uh, you know, it's a collaborative team-building role-playing game and let people do their roles and and, uh, have fun doing those roles. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think Pathfinder 2E does a really good job with the classes, making it so that way you are really are the best suited to do your role. And um, so, like, tactically, it, it makes the most sense. But something that I kind of think of is how much fun it is when another character, another player's character turns to me and says, hey, we need this done. Can you, know, can you do this? And then I'm like, oh, yes. And so... Gives so, me something. To, it does. Like, I feel, and yeah. like the, the, not only the players, but their, their characters appreciate my character. And, and so I think it's kind of something worthwhile to try is, like, call on another character's help for something and ask mm-hmm. that, like, I love that idea. have yeah. your characters actually interact with each other and and uh that could almost be a topic of itself right it's character interaction between characters right oh absolutely you could talk yeah. a long time about that no i love that and you know what i i even love like video games that separate people by roles yeah even like spaceship bridge simulator games everybody yes. has like your own role you, hey engineer get the shields going oh cool that's my thing you know let me go do that so i, I totally uh, i totally get what you're coming from in there and then of course there's even some games where the players don't interact well with each other and that's almost on purpose they're all just being a bunch of jerks yeah kind of and you know and some people playing. yeah yeah maybe <laughs> people like that some maybe. people do and once <laughs> again people get annoyed you by find it. out right yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, now can we get into the surprise? Yes. No. Okay, so I have oh, I have a surprise that I have not told Peter nor Chad about. And you told Ian. You. I told Ian. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, Ian's really? not, no, I didn't. Ian's not here. <laughs> but if if I told Ian, his wife would tell me leave him alone. We're on vacation. So uh, we are gonna play Pathfinder Two trivia. Oh snap! We're gonna play. Nope, I'm out of here. Peter versus Chad. Awesome. You're each going to get three questions. A chance to steal if you get the question wrong. Mm. When the questions are over, the first player that wins, wins nothing. You don't get anything, but I'll give you a pat on the back. Get some shame. Don't you pat me on the back. (laughs) You can pat me on the back, but the person that loses is going to get some shame. Just a little. Listen, you guys are new into it. The questions are going to start pretty easy, really easy, and they'll get increasingly hard. 
Actually, I might have made, I might have made all these way too easy, but we'll see. We'll this see. will give us a good starting point. Okay. So, <laughs> Chad, oh. you're gonna go first. Okay. Uh, he gets the chance. If he does gets it wrong, you'll get the chance to answer. Okay, Peter. I'm a piece of that. Okay. So, Chad, what are the names of the skill ranks in this game? There's four, or technically five. What are the names of the skill ranking? Trained, expert, master, and legendary. Ding, 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 ding. Cool. And then what's what's the other optional one? It's not technically on the sheet, but if you don't have any checks in it. Untrained. Yay, good man, <laughs> good man. Okay, so one point for Chad. Look at that cookie, there's no actual cookie. There's no cookie, sorry buddy. Mm. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> you know what, there's literally no pressure. You just have hundreds and hundreds of people listening to you right now. Okay. Literally hundreds. <laughs> Peter, how many light bulk go into one bulk? Yikes. I don't know, so I'm going to go ahead and be open about this, so this is going to be a guess. Okay. Three? Good guess, oh. but no. Chad, do you want to steal? Yeah. Okay. It's ten. Good ten. job. Yep, it is ten. Ten light bulk items go into one full bulk. And, and I know this because I had to stress over how much bulk I had. Right. <laughs> it was a lot. I have a so lot of bulk. He's got a people. lot of bulk. So much yeah. bulk. <laughs> you know, and this is a little unfair to Peter. I think you've only actually played one game, so. It's yeah. true. But, um... Don't no, worry. That's fine. Don't worry. You'll, you'll catch up. I have been reading it a lot. You'll catch up. I have no excuse. I have not. <laughs> and I'm going to be GMing. It's really sad. That scares me. Um, you know, <laughs> this question, I'm going to bring back to Peter. So we're going to skip oh, it. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, Chad, how many hero points do you start a session with? Well, you start with one. That's correct. And, I was going to guess uh, three again, so that's good that that was well, the Well, three. Go ahead. I had to ask him about it before, so <laughs> that's why <laughs> I know this. Yeah, uh, you can actually have a max of three, and each session you start with one. Okay, here's the, you know, I didn't even think about this when I made this question, <laughs> what our topic was today. So I think, Peter, this is a layup. But, not that you need it. If but I get we'll, if I get this wrong, then the if you get this wrong, so I'm just gonna I'm go gonna... send you outside right now. Okay, that's fair. No pressure. What skill is used by default for initiative? Perception. Yay! <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Good job. All right, Peter's on the board with one. Chad, you have this. you have three. And totally. now's when I completely fail. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay, this one gets a little bit harder. Here. Okay, name one thing, just one thing that. Cover gives you. <laughs> cover gives you. Yep. What does being in cover give you? Oh, I can only name one thing, or can I name a couple? You can name a couple. You only need one. Okay. It can give you concealment. It can give you damage reduction. Uh, it can give you more AC. Okay, uh, yeah, I will take the AC. Yep, by default you get plus two AC, plus two TAC. Uh, I think you get a plus two for reflex saves as well. It allows you to use an action to take cover and increase all those things to four. So, good job. But I, I named three, so I get it wrong. Nope, I, you just need to name one. So yes. you get it, you get <laughs> I'm it trying right. to fail here. You're just unfallible. <sighs> okay, Peter, what is one skill you can use to identify magic. There are multiple. 
see. Kind of the language of origin. Now, uh, Arcana. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Good job. What are the other ones? Nature. Occultism. Religion. Oh, occultism. Yep, okay. Nature, religion, cultism. I think there's one more. Oh, oh lore. Maybe lore. Yeah. Be if you yeah, if you have lore and something, I'm sure you probably could. Yeah. Arcana, lore, nature. Eh, I think, oh, I exactly. think you have a medical wouldn't be that, would it? Medicine. Kind of probably depends on the sort of thing that you're identifying. But, yeah. yeah, I think by default. No, but yeah, I was actually surprised by all those things. I've been just saying, oh, well, you need to uh, identify magic and use arcana. But there's yeah. actually, if you look at the skill section of the book, there's actually a lot of the skills have the option for identify magic in there. So, Okay, so that is... Um, so Peter, you are at two. Chad, you are at four. That is six questions. Hmm. So this last one is worth two. So this is gonna be, if you get- We can tie this up, buddy. Do what you can, Chad. No, no, no. Okay, Peter, you're gonna get this last one. All right. Okay. Name one requirement hmm. for casting a scroll. We've never talked about this, no, I don't think. I don't think I've ever read about it, so let me go ahead and think. One requirement. What is one does requirement? Having the scroll count as one of the questions. <laughs> or the oh, oh man, look yeah, at this. Yeah, he's got it. <laughs> yeah. If that doesn't, I'd say that the ability to read it, as in like knowing the language that it's <laughs> yeah. written in. Yeah, that's actually true. Would be another one. Those were not what I was thinking, but you know what? He's got Those it. together, I'd say you get it. Say Way to go, man. Good job. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I, I, what are the other? What are the requirements for? Oh yeah, okay. uh, it being on your spell list. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And we did talk about that. Using a resonance point. Huh. And that's then right. using your normal action. So if a spell is normally like three actions, like verbal, somatic, and uh, material, mm -hmm. the you have to use three actions, and the the material part of it is actually just another somatic. It's built into the scroll because yeah. you don't say like, oh, you need a bat. Bat poop, but it's, it's built into the scroll, so you don't it's need to have. Bat poop is built into the scroll. Yeah, bat poop <laughs> is built into scrolls, but excellent. So, okay, um, so that's that's it. I'm sorry. By to the way, bat poop is guano. Thank you. Yeah, I was like a guana. Like no, that's not right. What is <laughs> At it? least they can't say they didn't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> I watched so much Ace Ventura. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and. Um, and then, so I think, uh, so this one, either of you can answer this one. Oh. This is just a bonus one for five. This is not worth points. <laughs> no, it is for oh, sure. Oh, okay. No, and you guys, the first one that looks at me and gives me a smoothie gets this yeah, one right. Okay. <laughs> what is the default numbers for the multiple attack penalty? 10, oh. 5, 0. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Good job. Hmm? You do read the book. Proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. Good job, guys. You did it. All right. So that's that's the secret trivia section. We beat the quiz fun. master. Is that gonna be regular? Uh... No. Okay. Maybe. I'm shaking my head. Yes. <laughs> shaking your head. <laughs> no, it probably won't. I don't want to make any more stress for you guys. Okay. So the next section is praising Paizo. Yo, it's time to get you praising. Go Paizo. So I just wanted to point out they have their Paizo Fridays. They do they do these streams on uh, Twitch.tv, and 
ones that we need to get into since we're going to be playing in, in Galarian is they are recently doing some Galarian lore. And the one that came out a few weeks ago, they actually pull up the big map of Galarian and they move around and point to the different areas and kind of give you little tidbits of lore and what adventure paths covered that section of the book and stuff. So I really think that's neat. And they're going to be releasing more, it seems like, every Friday. They're kind of doing some more lore stuff. So I'd recommend people checking it out. I really want to check that out. I'll have to look it up later. Yeah, it's really neat. And then as I said uh, last week, the... um, Pathfinder Kingmaker has a ton of lore in that. That's a video game on Steam. Um, it's so the I can first... actually find out more lore about the game we're going to be playing in by playing a video game? Yeah, your assignment so is, is to play a video game. Yes! You can tell the wife, <laughs> honey, I'm pl- I'm not playing for fun. I'm work. playing yeah. for work. Yeah. <laughs> not even fun while I do this. This, this is for my job. Totally not fun. Totally my serious face. <laughs> Okay, um, and they also do a nice uh, Q&A with fans after they do the lore thing, and they, they respond to the ch- the Twitch uh, channel chat really well. So, uh, good job, Paizo. Woo! Fan questions. Fan questions. So, um, one of the questions was, is there an easier way to build characters? What apps are there out there? Because there's tons of apps for D&D, even for original Pathfinder, there's tons of apps. And there is. There's one that we've all three used here, and that's the Pathbuilder 2E app for Android. I have no idea. Is there one for there, Apple? Currently, there's nothing for Apple. Hmm. Okay. And you're an Apple guy, right? Yeah. So you are kind of so screwed. I'm, I'm screwed in that okay. apartment. But I kind of enjoy writing stuff down, so I'm all right. I agree. I like it, too. It's good for, like, I've been noticing I like kind of doing it for, like, quick builds real mm-hmm. quick. When we were working with uh, uh, one of the goblin characters in our conversion stream, I liked, uh, I was texting out different uh, abilities and stuff with him real quick. So that is neat. There is some caveats with the app because it's still very much in development. There are some things we learned, uh, Peter, when we were making your uh, wizard for our one-shot we were doing. Yeah. And um, I think we had some spell issues. I think it was all in the spell. So what it was really nice for, what I liked it the most for, was my abilities at the beginning using the boost. The ability using boost, the boost. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning because it just kind of laid it all out and you do it very step by step. Right. So as someone that was learning to do it and doing it for the first time, it was really helpful. I do love that, t- that yeah. section where you really click the boost that. and the skills and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it was laid out in a kind of a fun way to make a character. Yeah, so for the um, spells, so wizards, you know, obviously are kind of complex in spells. We were doing level six, so it was kind of harder yeah. to... Catch everything. Welcome to the game. Make a level six. Guy. I know. Yeah, it's like, uh, why did I <laughs> and, and a spellcaster. Yeah, that was that. That one was on me. Um, <laughs> but that uh, was on me. But, <laughs> sorry, guys. but but fun. but anyway. So so actually, Brandon caught like you know he knows the game obviously a little bit better, and so he uh, was like, oh, actually, you need like twice as many spells as what you've got written down, which was obviously nice. But but yeah, so it's the game did take into that. account. Was, one was cantrips. It said I could have five, and when reality, you can actually have ten in your spellbook. Yes. If you look at the spellbook section of the wizard, it says your spellbook starts with ten cantrips and eight first-level spells. And But on a different page, it says the wizard gets to pick five cantrips at the beginning, so I'm not... And, like, two spells. Yeah, right, so, so it's not completely clear on what's going on there, but uh app made me pick five. Pick five. And then first level spells, I think I had picked four. It had me pick four, three or four, and then I was supposed to have ten. So Yeah, so there's there's a few things. And I noticed that the spell powers part, I don't I still don't think you can export that section. So 
your wizard has uh, spell powers relating to its school, I believe, oh, of magic. Right. Yeah. And so the, the spell power section, it doesn't print that page, I don't believe, mm. or it doesn't have that section. I think that's still coming soon, so they are well aware of it. So just be careful when you're making your guy. You might need to look at the book. Actually, you should look at the book anyway. Right. You're making yes. a, Can't um, rely 100% on it, but yeah. so far it's... It, it is really helpful, and I. It's nice to look at the um, the feats and just kind of play around with the feat tree and look through yeah. things and, and check them out. I noticed that it does the it does the AC calculations correct, but some of the numbers in the boxes don't add up right. And then the bulk, it calculates the bulk correct, but it doesn't list them. You know, it has like line item and then the bulk for that line item and so forth. It doesn't seem to add them up in that column, but although the number at the bottom still works right, huh. so um. You might, uh, might just double check that, people, but it's a great app. It's called Path Builder 2E, and it's in the uh, Google Play Store for Android, and I'm sure eventually there will be one for you Apple folks, too. Because I could really use it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I am sorry about making that the, the level 6 character oh, requirement. Cause, yeah, no worries. Man, I, Isaiah was a level 4 wizard, and... I messed up entirely with him. I didn't pick out any good spells to use. He was just using cantrips the entire time. Ray of Frost, Ray of Frost, Ray of Frost. That still hurt, if yeah. I remember right. So he did fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine. In conclusion, kind of the episode here is we have the three content streams. We have a discussion series. We have our witch, upcoming Witch Hunter series in this world of Galarian. And then we have our D&D conversion stream where we take D&D 5e content. We move it over into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. We uh, celebrated our new sponsor, Forge Dice. Woo-hoo. Really awesome products. Recommend people checking it out. Their motto of, uh, of wield your dice, I think, is really... Uh, true, because man, you feel it when you, you hold it. So you do. So that's neat. So thank you, Forge Dice. We look forward to using you up in our upcoming uh, live play sessions. Uh, we talked about our new initiative system. We talked about party etiquette, and we talked about uh, the praise Paizo. We talked about the Paizo's Twitch channels and their Paizo Fridays. Uh, people, you should go check that out for some good lore videos coming. And then we answered our fan question about the Path Builder 2E app on the. Google Play Store. So once again, contact us on social media. You can email us at diceandslicepodcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook at slash diceandslicepodcast. Or you can tweet us on the Twitterverse. Is that a thing? Twitterverse? I don't think we should say it, though. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking Spider-Verse? <laughs> we need to watch Spider-Verse, too. Maybe that'll be an upcoming thing Ooh. after our Lion King episode. Yes, definitely yeah. after Lion King. Anyway, uh... Tweet us on Twitter at Dyson Slice One. And then uh, special thanks to bensound.com for the royalty free music. Thank you for our new sponsor, Forge Dice. Thank you for Paizo for making Pathfinder content and for Wizards of the Coast for making D&D in the first place. And then thank you, most importantly, to the fans that keep supporting uh, Dyson Slice channel. And we'll try to keep making quality content for you. Thank you, fans. Thanks, guys. Thank you.